0: Hi everyone. Thanks for listening. My name is Anthony Tai and I am a realtor. I've been in the industry for six years and the reason why I created this podcast, Speaking Real Estate Podcast, is when I first got into the industry, there weren't too many podcasts for real estate agents to learn, to grow. There's a lot of investing, but nothing for the professional, not too much for the consumer. And I, the whole reason for this is I wanted to share what I've learned in the past many years that I've been doing this. Interview some other experts in the fields I don't know too much about, so everyone can learn from them. And in general, spread as much knowledge as I can to consumers, other professionals, and investors. Anyway, thanks for listening. Our first episode will have the title is Boring Guys. David and Kyle, at Fidelity International title. We touch base on what title reps do, what title title is. We switch gears to the professional, what title reps can do for professionals and escrow, other real estate agents. And thirdly, we cycle back to how vesting, how title is held, mostly for consumers. It's a little, we go on tangents for a little bit. It's our first time doing this, my first time doing this. So I hope you enjoy the video. Oh, I'm sorry. The audio and enjoy so for, for first podcast today we'll be talking with fidelity national title david and kyle over at team fnt how are you guys doing
1: we're doing good, man. We actually just rebranded ourselves. We're now Title is Boring. Title is Boring. Because doing? Title is Boring. That's probably not a great way to start Are we the first guests? You are your first, you're my first guest. This All is right. awesome. This you're, is awesome.
0: You're my first video is and i an the So it only goes up from here. We can't screw this
1: up. When, Ideally. When we did our first podcast on, on our podcast, State of the Grind, it was really yeah. funny because we had this moment where like, okay, this is the podcast that we're going to look back on
0: a hundred episodes from now and be like, man, we were totally shitty. Yeah. So hopefully uh, this gets better from here on out. So the the purpose of today and arguably one of the most important things about buying purchasing real estate is title insurance because you want to make sure that you can prove that you own the property, right?
1: Correct. That's correct. And it's not only like proving that you own the property, by the way, thank you for having us on. We are honored. To oh, be your you're first very guest. welcome. Um, but, you know, hopefully title, we live up to the expectations. Yeah. And maybe make title not so boring. But but title is one of those things that like if, if we're doing our job right, Yeah. you don't you know, we haven't done anything at all. That should be the way it's viewed by the consumer. But a lot of times um, there's a lot of things that we have to do to work on to ensure what we call clear, clear title for a transaction. And, you know. Um, Anthony, you're you're licensed by the Department of Real Estate. Correct. Okay, okay. so uh-huh. Kyle and I are actually licensed by okay. the Department, of, Department insurance.
0: of Insurance. So you guys are insurance salesmen. We are literally <laughs> insurance salesmen. Correct.
1: Um, yeah, I mean that's that's what we are. We we have the same you know a similar license like your State Farm or your Geico guy. Okay. Because what people are paying for with a title insurance policy is literally an insurance policy. Like it's coverage for the house that lasts forever. And, you know, people tell the stories of, you know, well, I don't know, I have to pay this, it never pays out, you know, Mm -hmm. the problem is, is, it's such a small cost Mm -hmm. to pay in order to ensure the title is transferred. And, you know, the current owner isn't going to have to pay anything out of pocket, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for for land rights, somebody comes back and says, Oh, I actually you owe me $100,000. Because, this deed was recorded incorrectly and something mm-hmm. that wasn't caught during the transaction and, you know, title insurance pays. I mean, Fidelity national title, we are the largest title insurance company in the world bar none. Okay. Okay. We, we own um, our, our, our whole family, the FNTG family consists mm-hmm. of Fidelity national title. Our, our parent company, we have lawyers title. We own Tycor title, Stuart title now as of two Chicago. weeks ago, Chicago, we own and a bunch of other stuff. But the truth of the matter is, you know, of of those brands, if yeah. you if you if you connect all those together, last year we paid out over three
2: hundred million dollars in claims.
0: So it's good to say that you're protected if you have Fidelity National found.
2: Yeah, I think especially for for this podcast, you know, Anthony, yeah. with, with you being in in real estate, you know, you are trying to protect your consumers from, you know how they're spending their money on real estate. And we kind of do the same for buyer and seller. We want to make sure that they're protected so that when they hand over the keys, you know, there's no hidden, uh-oh, money owed. Or, you know, we try to, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's before uh, the keys are given. So we're like
1: the referee, I mean, we're like the guy that's saying, you know, don't run with scissors or, yeah. you know, wait 30 minutes to, to swim after eating. And, you know, in some cases, we, have, we actually have to provide bad news, additional is needed, um, you know, in order to actually provide okay. a clear title and, and allow that policy to be issued. You know, because like an insurance policy, I mean, we don't we're not going to issue a policy if there's a high risk. Correct. But what's also nice is, you know, we do, you know. Being with Fidelity, we do have the ability to make underwriting decisions and basically choices based upon the risk of a certain thing. But
0: we're not going to put our clients at risk. Makes sense. And um, just for our listeners here, before we take a listing, before it goes live on market, we have to make sure we can actually sell the property, right? And that's where these guys come in. We we run it by them. Hey, make sure the prelim. I just want to make sure the prelim's good. And I call Dave and Kyle. Hey, can can we sell it? Is it okay?
1: Well, and we also want to make sure that the person that you're signing the listing agreement with actually has the authority to sell the property before you try to sell it. So that's a big one. So that's something called vesting. Is who who how is title held? Who owns the property? The technical term for that is called vesting. And then the preliminary title report is basically a, a, a snapshot at a given time of the health of that title. And so we look at three things. We look at the anything that's reported against the property itself. We look at any kind of tax situation And then we look at anything that's recorded against the individual, personal assets, something
0: like that. Okay, okay, just to make sure that you can actually sell the the property and give it to a buyer. And does the buyer have to do anything in this circumstance when they purchase the property for the title insurance?
1: So the only thing the buyer's gonna have to do in, in whether you're purchasing a property, selling a property, or refinancing a property everybody has to fill out what's called a statement of information and what the statement of information does is it it basically confirms who exactly you are because remember we said that there's three ways we search title title against the property Mm -hmm. title against taxes but the other thing we look at is title against the name and the only way to ensure that um, specific judgments or liens that are recorded against individuals belong to our specific
2: homeowners Mm -hmm. is for that statement of information. So like Kyle, I think the biggest issue that people run into is people with common names. So you are one of
1: those people with a common name. I always
2: use myself as an example because my name is basically the wonder bread of of names. My name is Kyle Anderson. So if I were to, um, you know, fill out um, or prior to me filling out a statement of information, I'm sure that there is another Kyle Anderson out there in the world who has a lien on him. Um, so what that Spousal statement of imp- judgments, child support, right. so, all kinds of stuff. So what that statement of information will do is basically it's a little bit more in depth. I'll put my you know social security number on there. Do they ask for driver's license number? I don't think they do. They I,
1: ask for social. They ask for your last few years of residence, and basically right. it, it basically makes sure that Kyle Anderson, is yeah, it's the right Kyle Anderson.
0: Oh, uh, as, a, as an aside, my clients hate filling out the statement of information. It's, it's important to do. They hate it because they go. they move a lot. They go. Where did I live last year? Two years ago? Right. Yeah, I'm not gonna
1: lie. I also hate filling out the statement of information. It's a level of torture, especially if you've moved around a lot lately. Oh, yeah. But it's it's a necessary part because we all the time we'll have a tax lien or we'll have um, a child care judgment or something pop up on a prelim. Like Kyle's right. Like his name's the perfect example. But the only way to say you know, and we've had people that have forwarded the prelim onto the clients mm-hmm. and said you owe $80,000 in child support payments and the client freaks out and all that. and, And I, and understandably why, but there's no point in involving the client or getting them upset until we have the statement of information because with that, all those other erroneous hits
2: go away like that. Well, and the only thing that I can add to that, too, is because it's such a long, emotionally draining process of buying and selling a home, you know, the what we suggest doing is filling out the statement of information um, very early on in the process, because we can then do our due diligence in house to make sure that, um, you know, everything's cleared up prior to uh, any of the seriously important uh you know, next steps in the escrow process.
1: No, I I would say this just, just to add, you know, there are rare cases where when the statement of information is filled out, instead of removing something, it'll actually add something. True. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. So we don't know, we don't have a full, I mean, that's why it's called preliminary. It's the beginning. We don't have a complete title
0: report until we have the
1: statement of information. So absolutely fill it out as soon as
0: possible okay okay that makes sense what i tell my clients oftentimes is well what they ask what is saddle insurance and i tell them well, one thing it's kind of like a credit report for the house to make sure everything about the house is clean that the house is sellable it's um when you have a tenant you you want to vet a tenant you had you run credit on the tenant whereas when you sell a house when you buy a house you want to make sure you run credit in this analogy for the house to make sure everything makes sense that you're buying something that you actually own it's a good house.
1: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good that's point. A great way to put it. I mean, for, for the buyers, you asked about the buyers, Anthony. I mean, yeah. buyers out there don't need to worry because mm-hmm. a title insurance company is not going to allow a property to close or to have a policy issued if there's a problem with title that we know about. The insurance side comes in for, okay, we closed on the property and something comes up that nobody knew
0: about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Okay and you mentioned before that Fidelity national title is the biggest in the world. Are you guys international? Uh, we are. We actually own, um, the, the one place that I know I, I went to, Co- I think we've talked about it, Like one of my favorite
1: places is, I mean, I haven't gone to that many places in the world, but I like really like Costa Rica. And one of the things that I love about Costa Rica is that you can have titled land ownership for all you Costa Rica,
2: potential Costa Rican owners out there listening. I'm going, to yeah. I'm podcast. going for the
1: Ticos in the world cup, but, um, but the truth of the matter is is like you can actually have a title insurance policy issued by Chicago Title in Costa Rica. Really? Yeah. Are there and
2: timeshares too?
1: Yeah, I mean we have timeshares. Look, I mean if there's what there's literally nothing our company can't do. There if if it can't be if we can't do it, it can't be done. Okay. You know, so we have projects where we're developing land, we're subdividing land, we're tearing down buildings and adding new buildings. I mean it's it's a it's pretty great. Our our the, the infrastructure that we have nationally really adds a, a level of support and really a level of clarity and comfort for buyers and sellers. I mean, like th- there is something to be said about being with the big dog.
0: Makes sense. Okay. So switching gears, we were talking about consumer and how title insurance relates to the consumer for buyers and sellers because it's very important. Switching gears now to professionals. If you're a real estate agent, a lender, someone in the real estate industry in Southern California, how would you, how do you help
2: those folks? Well, I think we can start with the fact that we did have a brand new rebranding as of this year called Title Is Boring, um, because you know at the end of the day, fidelity can get your Uh, transactions closed. But, you know, what David and I bring to the table is a little unique to um, to the industry. And that's a little bit more business to business, almost acting as consultants. So, you know, our bread and butter is helping people get more business um, in which turn creates uh, a partnership, a team that uh, that dynamic is what we're going for. So, you know, there's a multitude of things that we do from social media to, um, you know, training to all that jazz david's raising his hand he's gonna he's gonna piggyback my comment right here but but yeah the, the business to business aspect is um is what we strive for okay. i think one of the things that's really y-
1: unique about about our approach is our our experience i mean you know kyle and i have a combined 22 years experience in the real estate industry i was uh, I, I was in real estate for 10 years out in the state of arizona so w- I personally have a very hands-on approach because I know what it's like to door knock in July in Phoenix, you know, like I, I, I get, I understand having an escrow fall apart. And so a lot of the, the tools that we have from that fidelity offers to our clients for free, it's not a matter of, Hey, here's this. It's, Hey, here's this. Now here's the best practice, how to use it because the way our industry works, it's, you can have the greatest, you know, I mean, what Ferrari is an amazing car. I don't know how to drive a stick shift, so it really doesn't matter. If it, in, in being able to partner with people and use utilize those tools and how to work them into what someone wants to do to build their business is is great. Like we're not going to sit down and say you should go door knock if that's not how you you don't feel comfortable doing it.
0: And and to your point, one of the reasons I uh, I like you guys. Is your like YouTube? Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. Is willing to sit down with me and <laughs> go, uh, kind of experiment with this nice little podcast I got going on. I mean, for you listeners listening, uh, they were my first video when I started getting videos. Um, but i realized quickly that people are kind of shy in front of the camera very quickly, and it's a little more time consuming to edit everything, make everything look nice. Whereas here, I just have to worry about one thing audio, make sure you can hear me, hear us, make sure there's not too many ums. Make sure we have some sort of content to
2: provide. You guys listen and enjoy. Well, the cool thing about our business is it's a relationship business. So at the end of the day, people don't always want like, you know, the makeup and the video editing. The the rawness is really what's killing it right now. And I don't think that could be said for, you know, even three or four years ago. But but nowadays people want to see you. Um, for who you are, you know, that's the reason why we get picked. Everybody knows a title rep. Everybody knows a real estate agent in the family, you know, friends. So what separates us is really the, the ability to connect with, um, the consumer. And, and that's, what's so cool about, you know, technology and the way that it's going is you can literally bust out your phone and, you know, do a quick 30 second video or, you know, record a podcast and you're going to connect with someone out there. Yeah, the, the cost to entry is so, is so inexpensive. I mean,
1: Kyle and I, I don't know you too, Anthony, like we're big followers of, of Gary Vaynerchuk. Yes, and it's yeah, just like it's yeah. one take. It's, and it, you know, you you are who you are. And, you know, I, I know we've been working together a long time now. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. You know, the way you approach the, the, the industry with a thirst for knowledge and how can I serve my clients better. And, you know, we don't have a, a ton of folks that ask us, the intimate questions that you do, just not necessarily even for a specific question or a specific client, but like how can you better your industry and your craft? And, and those are the folks we really love working with is people that understand the value of working with someone that's gonna build their business.
0: Exactly, and that's why I kind of started this podcast because I, when I got into the industry six years ago, had a lot of questions. I still have a lot of questions. I'm not gonna pretend I know everything. No one knows everything. But, right, yeah. that's what's so
1: great about real estate is yeah. because you learn something new
0: every, every day. day. And I figured there's no podcast like for me. I I listen to uh, you know Bruce what's his last name?
2: Bruce right. Wayne. No, no, no,
0: he's up in Riverside. He's a, he does a podcast for investors, for real estate investors. He's Got pretty it. good I like well, Bruce Norris. Yeah, like Chuck Norris. Shout out Bruce Norris. Yeah, what up, Bruce? <laughs> he does some good stuff, but other than that, there's not too much for the actual real estate professional or consumers.
1: Every once in a while you can you can listen to a podcast and you know it was a talk done by or four realtors, and, and yeah. you Gary even has some of those. But you know, being able to to utilize these tools and build your business and really understand the power, like it's it's insane. And we, I believe, we have a window in time where the where it's so inexpensive. And you know, it's we. I like voice. I mean, I don't even listen to the radio; is is crap.
0: Yeah, it's all you it's on podcast. You listen to what you and want. So I,
1: yeah. Um, we have fun so what else do you listen to like we listen to some fun ones and I listen to some serious ones
0: I listen to mostly serious ones I, I'm a little boring because you know guys you guys are title is boring I'm yep. podcast. Podcast is boring podcasts are, <laughs> no, I would say boring but they're very educational Education. all education I when I'm when I drive the long drive I try to listen to the podcast uh,
2: Listen, because I'm
0: driving to Pasadena to show property. I'm tra- passing, uh, driving to Santa Monica's. That four or five traffic, you know.
2: I mean, that'll take you three days to get there and back. So you can do some damage on the podcast. Well, the cool thing is, too, and, and David and I do this in our business is if we get a question from one of our clients, we'll actually, um, you know, do a recording on that so that if we ever get the question in the future, we can just send them to the video link or the, the podcast. You know, you can, you know, send. Info to your clients when they're sitting on the 405, for instance, because all of us Southern Californians do it. Um, Take the 405, you know, to the 55. It could be, it could be something as simple as, uh, you know, the the process of escrow, or you know, how to submit a powerful offer, X, Y, Z, and or how to know, use a penny, right? And and just and just. Well, uh, I saw that. That was pretty cool. Being able to push people in that direction can only give you power. It's documenting the the journey. So agreed yeah. when we
1: when we do this like we don't we, we don't have a script we don't know what we're going to be talking about you know and and that's where the authenticity comes in is because you can just this is what's going on in our
0: business today okay so let's pause if you don't mind touching back on holding title investing a lot of my clients ask me how should I hold title how do I hold, how do I own this property? Do I own it as joint tenants, tenants in common? And us not being practicing attorneys, we cannot advise our clients on how to best take title, but we should, we can share some information. So Dave and Kyle, how do you, what do you, can you share? So vesting or the way
1: you own the property is, is the really important thing about that to understand about that is, who is signing on behalf of the property owner, you know, so like if you ever go to sell or if you go to refi, whose signatures do you need? Okay. And But most importantly, and it's kind of, it can be an unpleasant conversation for some, but basically, God forbid something happens to you, mm-hmm. who owns the property
0: if you pass away? Correct, and from there, there's tax consequences and estate tax and all of that, correct? There's, there's all kinds of consequences that can happen, but the
1: big thing that we look at is transferring title. Uh-huh. And, you know, depending upon, the way someone holds title, it will depend upon who has the authority to sell a property once you're gone.
0: That makes sense. Or if they, if they want to sell at all, or, or, or if they that. want to
1: sell all, but even if they don't want to sell, like, let's say you have, you know, Jane and John Smith, uh-huh. okay. And Jane and John Smith hold property as husband and wife as joint tenants okay. and Jane and John Smith, unfor- you know, let's say John Smith passes away, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Well, the way they're holding title, Jane now very easily is just – she's just on title by herself because okay. that's the way that works. Okay. But God forbid John you know, John and Jane get into a car accident. Something happens. They both pass away at the same time. There is – the only way to hold clear title moving forward for their successors mm-hmm. would be a probate situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we get the question a lot. Well, well what's it, a probate it, situation? I think we should – well, the, the probate out. is the property's not in a tr- basically anything that's not held in a trust, mm-hmm. and the person's passed away, mm-hmm. the property has to go to probate. It literally has to go to court. There has to be a docket. An executor has to be named, and we need this is super boring letters of testamentary.
0: That's why we uh, title is born. That's what you're, yeah. you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the real,
1: but the real big thing is, you know, we get a lot of people. Well, so and so's mother passed away, and they want to sell the house. Yeah. You know, can you do it without probate? No. Is that you know if if the property's not held in a trust or held with some kind of rights of survivorship, the answer is one hundred percent no. Is there, you know, and people want to find a way around it. Obviously, like I've lost both my parents, so like I feel comfortable saying like it's a very unpleasant time. Yes. And I can one hundred percent relate to that. Mm-hmm. And and it's su- and it really like it's not my favorite thing to say. Like in addition to you having to deal with this devastating loss, yeah. you don't have to go to court to figure this all out. Uh-huh. um whereas if you were to hold the property with some kind of rights of survivorship joint tenancy or hold the property in a trust it's super easy for your survivors and so basically vesting boils down to a, a form of estate planning and in, in my opinion okay from my experience and, and that's just for me
0: personally so who would you recommend let's say an owner seller buyer talk to about vesting who should I, I, I would assume an attorney um, there's,
1: there's two folks that th- they should really be talking to. They should be talking to their accountant okay. to determine like tax consequences, things like that, okay. but they should also be talking to their family planning attorney, whether, you know, estate planning estate attorney, planning yeah. attorney, something yep. like that. Because, you know, if, if you own, I have a friend, maybe I'll, maybe he'll be listening to this. His name's Mike.
0: Okay. Mike
1: has two kids mm-hmm. and I've been, I mean, I've literally been begging him to get a trust, to get a trust because he owns multiple properties and you know, if, you know, we all plan to live forever.
2: Yes, I mean, we all do. Yeah, you know. But the truth of the matter is, you know, we could it, actually. You know, you never know with that, modern that's, medicine. That's, that's my, another conversation outside of conversation. conversation. <laughs> we'll talk about. It, but, but the
1: truth of the matter is, like I can speak to, I can speak from my own personal experience that you know, and not to be dude, my father passed away when he was forty eight. Oh his man. estate was a freaking mess because he didn't keep his house in order, and it was a nightmare for his survivors. Mm-hmm. And so. Like, yeah, it's unpleasant it to is. talk about, but you, in my opinion, from my, from having to deal with this when I was in watching my mother deal with it, when I was a child, mm-hmm. you have a responsibility to your spouse, your children, whoever is, you know, whoever's unfortunately left, left behind to make sure that they don't have to have any more pain than they actually do. And, and, and that's, to me, that's the biggest thing for best
0: thing. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, I couldn't have put it a better way. What I normally tell my clients to take a step back is, please talk to an estate planning attorney. Some people's works, work, workplaces have an, a, an insurance policy where they can just talk to an estate planning attorney for free. I had a client that had a trust done for free until, in Orange County, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. It ranges from 25 hundred to five thousand to even more depending on how complex right. it is but he just had it for free because he worked for a larger firm and they had that insurance and it was great
2: that's and, good advice i mean to we look even, into that.
0: you know we had a
1: i had a conversation with a client the other day where you know the the owner of the property was oh you know she was older and you know yeah. and she was very good friends with this realtor and, and mm-hmm. you know she went above and beyond she stipulated in her trust that this realtor will be the only one that can list this house.
0: Oh, Maybe I should uh, start doing that, make some relationships, but okay. Okay. Yeah. So for all you listeners out there, anyone, consumers, investors, professionals, if you own property, you want to look into a trust because in the state of California, if you don't have a will, the state of California has a will for you. And it's very expensive.
1: Correct? Yeah. It's it, to go through the probate processes is, is very time consuming. And it's just, it's just not pleasant yeah so you know i mean we have more information if you go to um facebook.com slash title is boring or title is boring.co and you have questions about you know if you want to know how your your current property is held you know reach out to anthony reach out to us we'll let you know
0: appreciate it hey uh david and kyle thank you so much for coming and hope to uh, see you guys again thanks man thanks for having us great Hi, job <laughs> guess okay. number
2: one oh mm. and two or one and one A. One A, one A. Thing B. one, thing two, <laughs> guess number one.